I was walking and something, you know, sort of occurred to me to sort of look back. And I looked back and there was a whole big family of deer walking from the forest over to the river. They were there all the time. I just didn't see them. What's going on with us that we don't see God? And so sometimes I think uh, part of the reason why we, we have precious few epiphanies is because oftentimes we're, we're distracted. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Bishop Wright's Four Faith weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in this episode's description. Happy New Year, Bishop! Happy 2022! (laughs) This week's devotion is about the wise men's question to Herod, where is the child? Yeah. And we're celebrating the season of Epiphany, which is one of my favorite words. (laughs) I have so many questions, but first, (laughs) I know, let's talk about your overall message. Are we seeking Christ in all we do and everyone we meet, especially those in need? You got it. There it is. What else would you add? This is the shortest podcast ever right now. (laughs) You you nailed it. (laughs) A few more nuances, but yeah, that's where I'm going. All right. Well, what are the, what are those nuances? What 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 inspired you to write, write write this? Well, I mean, you know, it's the question, right? And so it's the question posed twice in the story. You know, one by the wise men, an an earnest seeking, where is Jesus? A willingness uh, to be inconvenienced, uh, even at risk, um, uh, to undertake an arduous journey. Um, to be allow themselves to be disoriented by unknowns, um, to be unclear, and yet to have a clear purpose. Um, so you have that, and then you have Herod, who also asks, "Where is the child?" Um, but but uh, he is not sincere. He's sincerely uh, aggressive. Uh, he is sincerely self-serving, uh, and he he looks to secure his own power. And so he wants to find the child to support his own ego um, and his own ego needs and his empire. So, you know, I I think there's just a lot to play around with in that story. But the bottom line is, is that I think, um, you know, our journey this year, we're starting a new year. Our journey this year is to yet again, begin again, right? Begin again. Uh, All of the uh, misgivings and misdoings and uh, foibles and failures. Let's leave them in twenty one, and uh, and let's bring let's bring forward all the learnings and the yeah. good intentions. You know, let's 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 seek Christ earnestly. So we actually don't know much about the Magi based on the very short paragraph in only the one Gospel of Matthew, and yet. We dedicate an entire season between Christmas and Lent to it. And I've always found that to be quite quite fascinating. And so I'm wondering if you have any advice for those of us who really lean into a rhythm of life or, or those who don't actually, what would you encourage us to consider during an epiphany season? Yeah, so epiphany is a great season. Uh, it, it, it is kicked off by these strange and curious magicians, sorcerers, stargazers from what we would call modern-day Iraq. 
right? Uh, and so Will Willimon says very cheeky, cheekily, you know, this is the day that the that the Christian church in the West celebrates Iraq, which is not much to say right now, but was quite a lot to say uh, when we were having a, a war there in that theater. But, you know, the Epiphany is just about focusing on the appearing, right? How God has appeared, how God has manifested. And so, you know, I always like to invite people out of their heads, out of the out of the sort of theoretical and ask people, you know, where, where do you see God showing up right now? I mean, we sort of have a, a place of where we want God to show up, and that's well and good. Uh, but but, you know, maybe for a moment, maybe for a season, where is God, you know, showing up? Uh, where has God shown up? I mean, this is what refreshes us, the places where God has shown up. We're, we should hold those memories close, those, those epiphanies that we've already uh, experienced. Hold them close because that is what sustains us on our journey towards our next epiphany. You know, the worst thing a Christian can do is be forgetful about what God has already done. Right, so we want to remember what God has already done, how God has already shown up and shown out, we might say, and hold on to that as we journey forward. So we've got a whole season in our church to just stop a minute and think about how God has appeared, how God is appearing. Wow! So that was a big word. Wow, (laughs) (laughs) because I just had an epiphany. (laughs) There you go. How convenient. I, I know. I was just listening to you and I'm like, gosh, that means I need to be looking out for where God is showing up in the people that I cannot stand. Yeah. And the people that you can't stand, maybe even particularly, you know, God is really mischievous. And so uh, a, a God uses all sorts and conditions uh, to demonstrate God's goodness and love. I mean, so when we pray, you know, for more love in our life, God puts us around people who are not who are not easy to love. Uh, I mean, so and, many, so yeah. many people, Bishop. <laughs> so you know, God, God has a particular way of making souls, right? And so, and and so, I, you know, God has a a great sense of humor, and so you know, we can celebrate those things that we've already experienced. We can celebrate, uh, perhaps, some reconciliation that we've enjoyed with friends and family, etc. Um, we can think about the ways in which we feel anchored. Even as the pandemic rages on, even as the political rancor uh, ramps up, um, we can think. So, I mean, it's just, it's really easy to to what I call live a, simply a headline news headline life, right? And if you do that, you're just bouncing from one damn thing to the other. Um, but when when the Bible talks about a peace that passes all understanding, it's talking about being fastened to who God is, who God has been and who God will be. And so that is a that is our durable and permanent truth. So yeah, we can tend to headlines, but we have to realize that beyond the headlines, when you put the headlines down, here I am f- fastened to a living God. And so we might think about that in the ways that we experience that right now, um, in the way that God keeps showing up and and wants to confront all these narratives of lostness, right? Uh, and so, so yeah, I may feel disoriented from time to time. I'm a human being living in a world that is full of complexity and velocity. Yeah, but I'm also the child of a God who loves me, uh, who's made me in his image, her image, uh, and who has given me a future and a hope. And, uh, and I'm nurtured in that, nourished by that. 
And so must we be as we head into a new year. Right. Well, Bishop, we'll be right back after a short break. This is Four People producer Easton Davis thanking you for listening to Four People. Four People is a space of digital evangelism dedicated to sharing the good news and leadership of Jesus Christ. Who do you know that needs to hear today's episode? Who do you want to hear it? Subscribe to Four People and keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to Four People. Welcome back to Four People. Uh, Bishop, when I think of epiphany, I think of words like surprise or seeking, questions, ahas, discovery, adventure, and all those things. And sometimes, wow. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. And then I wonder, why can't every day be an epiphany day? (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized, maybe that's the point of your devotion. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. um, Or? Yeah, I don't know. We I go walking down by the river here. I live in Marietta, Georgia. Uh, I know we have listeners from all kinds of places, but and I go walking down by the river, oftentimes early in the morning, and and the and the place where I go walking is really just rife with deer. They're 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 everywhere, but oftentimes you don't see them. But they're nevertheless there. They're there. And so if you go there often enough and you walk often enough at different times of the days, you'll see them. Uh, I remember walking on the path and it was one of those wonderful, peaceful moments. There was the river to my right and forest to my left and nobody was on the walking path. It was just, you know, me, Jesus and the trees, you know, and uh, I was walking and having a good walk and I, something, you know, sort of occurred to me to sort of look back and I look back. And there was a whole big family of deer walking from the forest over to the river. They were there all the time. I just didn't see them. Uh, you know, I think a lot about that when I think about, about God. You know, God is in the epiphany business. God is in the God business. God is always everywhere. We are enveloped by God at all times. The question is, is that what's going on with us that we don't see God? And so sometimes I think uh, part of the reason why we, we have precious few epiphanies is because oftentimes we're, we're distracted. Uh, you know, um, maybe I was in my head. I didn't see the deer. Maybe I was looking down. Maybe I was thinking about a hurt or a wound. Uh, maybe I was, you know, rehearsing some silliness in my head uh, rather than uh, looking up at the trail, looking to my left, looking to the right, enjoying the beauty of nature and seeing its dynamism. And I think I think a life with God is a lot like that. Um, and so, you know, maybe God is sitting somewhere saying, you know, I'm right here. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe it's not what God is not doing. Maybe it's what we're not paying attention to. Well, and I, I consider other faith traditions and I consider Zen Buddhism and how uh, how Buddhists practice mindfulness and they don't just practice mindfulness. They, 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 they practice mindfulness in a very intentional way. You know, I don't know that, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just wondering if, if what you say is true, it, which I believe it is, is there a level of intentionality that we might approach each day that would make us more mindful or yeah. seeking? Yeah, no, I think that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm saying that 
uh, in some of those uh, other traditions, you know, mindfulness and all that is sort of a, a really big deal. It's sort of a centerpiece. Um, it doesn't always seem like that in the Christian tradition. It seems uh, like it's a Sunday-centered sort of religion, uh, you know, mass or worship, what we do together, and that's that's fine. Um, uh, certainly fine to, to worship with other brothers and sisters, to be encouraged by them and with them uh, for, for Christian living. That's wonderful. But, but I, I think that um, we, could, we could ask ourselves, you know, what is our need beyond Sunday? Um, and I know that my need personally beyond Sunday is to um, in, encourage myself with music, uh, music that is spiritual in nature, that encourages me, that it enlightens me. I know that uh, part of my what I need for my soul's sake is is quiet and nature. Uh, you know, that I call it the cathedral not made with human hands. I know I need that. Um, I know that I need to be centered on a, a biblical text uh, or a writing from from some other uh, faith traveler. Uh, either of this age or before. I mean, so we've, we've got to also start taking up some agency here and, and, and asking ourselves, what do you need, right? Maybe that's what we need to do in 2022. Doesn't mean to rhyme, but maybe that's what we need to do is to say, what do, what do I need? You know, go on that journey and say, what do, what do I need this year? You know, the Magi, the, the, the wise men, they know they need something in this Christ child. They need something in this journey. And so, I mean, just think about it. It's extraordinary. I mean, this is before Delta Airlines. You know, they get on a camel. <laughs> they get on a camel and get going. You know, this is unbelievable. Um, you know, there's no, uh, you know, there's no GPS. You know, <laughs> there's no, uh, you know, hotels and motels. There's no internet. I mean, think about it for a minute, uh, what they're willing to do. And, uh, and the rhythm that they plug into is seeking finding, right? And submitting. And I, I think seeking, yes, you know, they go on the journey, finding, they actually find the Christ child, right? They find Mary and Joseph, they find the manger, the stable, they find it, right? Uh, they have to circumvent some stuff to get there, right? They have to stay focused. They could have been co-opted by Herod, but they stay focused. They're undeterred, right? They want what they want, and that's their purpose, right? They want to see what God is doing brand new in this child, right? And then uh, when they get there, they do this amazing, wonderful thing. They submit to this thing that God has done in this child. That is, they bring tokens, symbols of, of wealth and, uh, and spiritual uh, wisdom, and they submit it to, 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 to Jesus, uh, the, the infant Jesus. And so the, in that is a paradigm for us. Are you seeking? Uh, have you found? Talk about when you've found God or been found by God. And have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Have you submitted to him? I mean, we can get cute all we want in all of these wonderful little religious and spiritual books. We can get as cute as we want. We can say it. And it needs to be said in lots of different ways for every age and every generation. But the bottom line is, is, is that, are you seeking? Are you finding? Will you submit? You know, will, will you say yes again? Will you offer yourself? Um, you know, this is it. And then the, the, the wise men, and no doubt there were some wise women. Unfortunately, perhaps only the men got to tell the story. Uh, because I wouldn't want to take a long journey like that without some wise women in tow, you know? Uh, 
I mean, good Lord, you know, three guys trying to, trying to figure out where the hell they're going. It's probably not going to work out. Uh, you know, and then they, they go about their journey, a life uh, impacted, and then they go out and live a life which we don't know much about, but we know that the, the touchstone was Jesus of Nazareth. And so, you know, before we, before we wrap up, I just, I really want to get to this one piece uh, in this meditation, which is, you know, to, to, to live a life that, that is about where is this child, where is the Christ child, it does a funny thing, I think, uh, wonderful positive consequences. I, I think as we begin to seek out the Christ child, it's funny how it begins to um, uh, amplify the child in us. Uh, because a life with God is about being able to sort of be okay with mystery. Yeah. And, and, and I remember, and I, I don't idolize childhood. I mean, childhood is, can be tough, right? I mean, we know that all of us have got our, our stories about how, how children can be cruel. Uh, uh, but, but there's another part to childhood too, is, is that where we, where we did trust mystery a little more and, and where we did seek after friendship. Uh, and before we got all of our scar tissue from the world, that, that we were a bit more open. You know, seeking out Christ uh, sort of gets us back to that place a bit. Um, and, and, and so I wonder, uh, don't you want more of that in your life? I mean, you know, is cynicism your way forward? I mean, it's just, it's just, it's so soul corroding, Right. Uh, to, to, to sort of always give yourself over to cynicism or even your wounds, right? Wounds are there and wounds are real, but wounds don't have to be the sum total of my life and existence, right? So can we move forward? The way to move forward, I think, is seeking the child. And then the last movement is, I think when we begin to seek the child in ourselves and in others, you start to ask that next question, you know, uh, how are God's children doing around me? Do they have enough to eat? Do they have adequate health care? Do they have a home, right? Do they need a helping hand? And, and so, so, you know, as I like to say, God never cooks a meal for one person. So as God reaches out to the world and the Christ child, and as you and I uh, experience a spiritual benefit for that, a concrete benefit in our lives, for that, it's amazing how that then pulls out of us, completes the circle. How is my neighbor doing? How are the children around me doing? And so I would point people who are listening to the Children's Defense Fund, who have the best data, I think, about how children are doing in our particular zip codes. And so I would point us there. And so look up your zip code, look up your county, look up your state, and ask yourself and see how are children doing there. Maybe one of the ways we can seek the child in 2022 is to seek after the children's well-being in our midst. Seek and find and submit uh, is, a, is a big deal. I feel like that's a rhythm that I, I might be able to start practicing more. Bishop, <laughs> thank you so much for your wisdom, <laughs> Mr. Magi. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, we got no camel over here. Oh, that's great. Friends, thank you so much for listening to Four People. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week. 